0: Welcome to the Mud Brothers Podcast. Sorry we've been away for a while, but we've had some tough technical difficulties, and uh, mostly I have no technical knowledge, so I've been screwing up the podcast. But we are back now, and we have with us back today Rico Moore. How are you doing, Rico?
1: Hey, great. Great to hear from you again.
0: And it's a fortuitous time because we have with us as well Tom Bradston. And Tom was over in the UK doing OCRWC, and he's just got back to the good side of the Atlantic, and he's going to let us know all about his experience, how it was, and uh, what World Championship was like this year compared to up in Blue Mountain in Canada. How are you doing, Tom?
2: Doing well. Just trying to adjust to uh, getting back to the uh, USA time zone and uh, get my body adjusted. to
0: Yeah, I imagine. It must have been, what is this, like a seven-hour flight, right? Uh,
2: it's a seven-and-a-half-hour flight, of course, six-hour uh, time difference. Oh,
0: wow. So it was like you weren't on a flight at all then.
1: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, actually, you know what, something I'd like to know anyway is, and this is from my perspective hoping to go over next year, is, so where did you fly into? Where did you land when you got into, into England?
2: Uh, well, I flew into a Heathrow, and uh, Heathrow is about an hour and a Half away from the actual venue, uh, and of course you have to deal with M twenty five. Dave, I don't know if you've ever been to Atlanta on any traffic uh, stall, but M twenty five can be as, as bad if not worse. So uh, uh, stayed uh, stayed in uh, Kensington, uh, which is outside of London. It's kind of a suburb of London. And, uh, good proximity to uh, getting down to London to. And then uh, when I actually stayed close to the venue, I stayed in Brentwood. Uh, Brentwood's uh, town, a lot of little shops, a nice uh, local uh, pubs, uh, restaurants. uh, It's only five minutes from the venue. So that's that's the place you want
0: to stay. Five minutes from the venue. That's not too bad at all. You get a good sleep in that day.
2: Right, no doubt. So...
0: What was the venue like then? If you're only five minutes away, you must have been pretty submersed in it. What, what was the venue like compared to what we're used to over here?
2: Well, it's, it's not, there's no comparison to, uh, to Blue Mountain because uh, there's no village around it. You know, This is a uh, permanent uh, race site with nuclear racing. So they have their uh, wild forest. They actually have two sides of this it. huge property. I asked one of the guys who's a regular there. He couldn't tell me how many uh, acres goes on forever and uh, so there's nothing around there it's actually a uh, farm that area I think it's beets where we uh, we were doing the, the uh, wire crawl I think we saw some uh, remnants of some beets so I think it's a beet farm uh, as opposed and of course the of course. nuclear race site so there's nothing nothing around it uh, other than uh, the race site other than five I said five minutes five miles up the road to Brentwood and then you have uh, anything and everything that uh, you need to uh, to uh, entertain you and to uh, feed you and uh while you're and hydrate you while you're
0: there hey yeah yeah i I'm definitely sure there was lots of places to go get hydrated Yeah, so five miles from place that's not too bad really so we just take you a few minutes to get down there from your hotel and then you're right on site right
2: yep and put tons of parking uh they have some Huge uh, tractor that they use uh, to haul people around when the fields get really bad. Uh, but uh, good place to park. Uh, this place, you know, the big race. They had like three or four races a year. One of the big ones they have. Uh, the guy told me between people that race, spectators, everybody have about thousand, wow.
0: So how many how many racers did they have? How many racers did they have there this year? Do you have any idea?
2: Um, I heard, I heard about uh, three thousand. I don't know if that's a stretch or not. I'd have to look at the uh, the uh, charts on who failed and who didn't, and add those up and come up with a number to get something real. But there was you know, between spectators and everything, I, I would think there was three, three, four thousand people so, there. Uh,
0: so. so Competitor wise mine, was yeah. competitor wise was pretty similar to Blue Mountain then. Huh? Competitor wise was pretty similar number to Blue Mountain then.
2: Uh, well, I, I would say it's more uh, because being in Europe uh, a lot of people over there really uh, uh came to the home place of OCR and uh, so I, I think it was more than uh, than at Blue Mountain.
0: Wow, that's great. That's good. It shows growth, right? And interest over yeah. there, and hopefully even more for next year, including me and Rico.
1: <laughs> no
2: doubt. Interest <laughs> over there, and uh, also a huge competition because uh, they're used to doing these, uh, uh, you know, multiple uh, obstacles and mm-hmm. very difficult obstacles a lot more than we are on a regular basis. So they, they definitely. Have advantage there with that, and also not having to deal with the uh, jet lag. Um, yeah. yeah, the jet lag got me on the first day. Uh, I was actually sick uh, in bed for the first day when I got there because I was just I had a tremendous headache from uh, the flight and I guess stress and all that. And, uh, literally, I just and a lot of people talk to. You, jet r- jet lag is real. And, uh, <laughs> you better p- for better. Air, at least one day of just recovering from that.
0: So when you say the competition, especially on the obstacles was, was a different level, like explain a little bit, elaborate where, where their comp where they, they were a little bit different with their obstacles. They I'm assume you're seeing things you're not used to seeing over
2: here. Well, just uh, like a lot of the rigs, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, European, uh, championship over there. Uh, I don't know if you saw it in the videos I may have it too, but it was uh, there was such a failure rate of, um, that um, well, so, in some of the age groups that uh, they, they're going to have to revamp that next year. <coughs> but, but a lot of those people are just they're just used to really hard rigs. That you know, yeah, we're, we're used to facing them in a you know in a, in a Noram or world, but for these guys, this is kind of normal for them low rigs, high rigs, multi rigs, and uh, so I think they get a lot more uh, on course experience coming into
1: uh, something like this, this on a regular basis. Yeah, I think the the grip endurance is, plays a bigger role than it does in the States, you know, we just have grip strength, you know, like I've seen like the videos you posted where it's a gauntlet, you know, <laughs> we might do one rig, then you go down you know, uh, it could be 20 meters, could be a half mile before you see something else. And those European championships is just like <laughs> you have like 10, 15 meters of straight rigs, which is amazing.
2: Yeah, of course we have a hundred obstacles. There, there was a gauntlet of those there as well. So uh, you definitely, uh, you definitely have to uh, be strong in your, uh, in your core and your grip to uh, be successful. So.
0: So let's get down to the nitty-gritty there, Tom. So your first day was uh, was a 3K, correct?
2: Yeah, first day of, uh, 3K. Of course, I will say that the weather, they said they hadn't had this good of weather in 10 years. Three <laughs> days in a row. So we were truly blessed in the fact that it was 60s. Uh, I think uh, in the morning when the uh, pros went off, it was, uh, I think it was like uh, 39, 40 or something like that. But time... Uh, that's all guys ran. It was uh, mm-hmm. my 60s and uh, just beautiful, sunny day. Uh, and they hadn't had a whole lot of rain, which I, I talked to a lot of uh, people. And we agree that um, had their they had their normal rain and conditions they normally have, uh, I definitely couldn't have got as far as I did on, on the stuff because it, it was muddy enough, difficult enough without having those uh, sort of. So, uh, it was definitely a blessing, but yeah, 3, 3K was the first day and,
0: um, Give us a, a walkthrough on the course. Like how'd the course go for you?
2: Well, of course, there's 24 obstacles and, uh, you got a, you got a taste of, uh, some of the ones that you'd be, uh, hitting the next day. And, um, you know, it's not the, the running is uh, kind of wide open fields you know, through the speed fields and what have you, um. Pretty smooth running, uh, especially on the uh, 3K. Then uh, a lot of ditch ditch jumping. Uh, for uh, start off, we have about eight ditches, and you either have to go down and up, or jump across. I'll give everybody else to jump it across. And it's kind of a uh, pretty, pretty wide jump there, but, uh, so you, know, you take off. And all these things, you know, K race, 24 obstacles, you're going, you're you know, going till you, till you hit the finish line. So, um, the, the, the obstacle the completion on the 3K mature, but it was, it was pretty high. Um, I say, you know, I think it was in the 70 percent, so it wasn't anything there to really trip up on the 3K, more about you know, just speed and uh, obstacle efficiency to be able to you know, get. The trip.
0: Now, what what would be the highlight obstacles of that three k? What what would have been the the rigs that really were a, a little more entertaining, or
2: you know? Well, the, uh, the force, force five uh, under 10 the north, there under ten again. And, uh, one bot uh, bike straight through. I can't pronounce it, uh, um, but it's basically uh, skyline uh, rig uh usually six sections uh three sections uh uh I'm a quick three sections in the middle uh, it was basically the, uh, the rig that we had the last rig and the north, uh four minutes that yeah. oh yeah 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 so it was basically that uh so we had that and um uh, uh sketch 2.0, uh, what they did was they took the uh, cannonballs off the uh, end of them. So when you uh, came to the end, you didn't slam and, and <laughs> fingers. And that, and that
0: made a big difference, too?
2: Yeah, yeah, it made a big difference. Uh, now, the, the one difference was I think at uh, NORAM, there was a, a slant. So you could go over from two to one and just slide down. Mm-hmm. And this was a straight bar. So you could, there was no and leaving one and going with one you had to take the other one over and, and go through to, to finish
0: and, and for um, those wait. of you for those of you listening that don't know what skitch is so just envision uh, nunchucks with hooks on top and you have to slide those hooks across a horizontal bar to the end to ring the bell and it's uh it caused quite a bit of catastrophe at noram and i personally thought it was a great obstacle i'm glad they've modified it and it seems to be working better
2: The horizontal bar there's a break in that horizontal bar. And you have to uh, the chain it holds the other section, so you have to take it off one bar and round the chain to the other bar. So uh, it's not just straight through. But uh, yeah, the chain the chains were uh, welcomed. And, uh, I don't really. I've, I've done a set up a poll. I'm not sure. I had not looked at yet to see what the final was, but I don't think it caused too many people too much problems, uh, especially if they're uh, Pros and age group,
0: maybe the or, or, or okay. excellent, excellent. And, uh, and so those were the, those were the main rigs where the, the skyline type one with six sections. Now, if you failed one section of that rig, did you have to go all the way back or did you get to start where you failed? Yeah, you
2: are supposed to go all the way back. Uh, watching some places uh, go, uh, some people were failing the center Example, the type bill and, uh so I got turned around and, of course, it gets back up, three bells in a second it gets back up starts going through and Marshall did and I was, I'd already, actually, I already told Marshall earlier, I said, listen, I'm just going to tell you, there's a lot of people that aren't starting to notice said, man, you know, we're just, there's only two of us here, I said, I understand, I'm just, you know. Uh, some of the people uh, acted like it maybe was true, uh, I couldn't benefit the doubt that they didn't understand. Um, because it really wasn't at the beginning, whether it started whole section, it was never kind of addressed. So, uh, yeah, you had to do the whole thing over, just like a uh, normal.
0: Well, that sounds like a pretty, pretty deep obstacle. Then if you got six sections, you got to redo. If you fail the last one, that definitely would be, uh, deflating for sure.
2: Yeah. This rig, uh, in Viking is six sections. It was only three sections
0: there. Oh, Okay. 6. And and what were the sections like? Like what did you have to do?
2: Well, like I said the same one at NORAM. You had your twister, you had uh, uh, I can't even remember. I can't remember I got them run through my head. Um you had, had to do the uh, the T bar, you know, swing to the, uh, the bar use those swings at the T bar and uh, through uh, you know, the last section of the, uh, the one at Noram. So maybe you can describe that better than me, but they were
0: uh, sort of like trapeze handles, uh, both facing on two different accesses Was kind of the yeah, best way to yeah, do it.
2: Some were horizontal yeah. to you, and some uh, were perpendicular. So, but uh, yeah, but the, like I said, the 24 uh, obstacles in the uh, running I was not, not bad at all, and uh, I kind of I kind of took it easy on the uh, that day cause my goal was to uh, go for it on the uh, second day uh, and um, didn't quite hit where I was hoping to hit the uh, fourth place, but I uh, still have, have it with it and uh had a little bit of that for day two.
0: And, and did you keep your band on the 3K? Yeah, I, I kept
2: my band. It like, I, I, I was uh, pretty high percentage of people that uh, kept it's yeah,
0: always Yeah, big, always the big goal on those ones is just keep that band, get all those obstacles in. Yeah, mm-hmm. for some somebody-
2: Really good at keeping it on the first day,
1: but I, like I got to get better on the second day.
0: <laughs> so let's yeah. let's jump. Like it was
1: a, Go uh, ahead, Rigo uh, Do you feel like it was a fast course, like a runner's course?
2: Oh yeah, it was definitely a runner's course. Like I say, it was open, open grass area, and, and you took off, and uh, like I say, wasn't uh, wasn't any breathing in between. You just, you just laid it out, and uh, it was a uh, you know, definitely someone that's uh, fast. Definitely take advantage of that course. Hmm.
0: Now, was there much strength involved, or
2: Uh, no? The 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 whole thing, there really was not much strength at all. I mean, now that said, now kind of, I guess we switch over to the the big race. Yeah, dive right Uh, into it, man. Yeah, the 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 big race. You know, you started out, and I think we talked about it last week. You know, you had uh, uh, rig bags, and you had to do all kinds of stuff. You had to go you know, under, uh, under, over, uh, under bob wire, uh, drag them. They had like, six or, I think five or six things at the beginning you had to do with the brake bags. You know, they, they were your kind of standard weight uh, weight brake bags, so they weren't exceptionally heavy. It's just, uh, you know, they, they did take you the know, woods and uh, <coughs> it was a uh, little bit, a little bit of hill. Uh,
0: <laughs> the uh, one hill in England
2: yeah Hill <laughs> the, uh, the only thing I guess uh, that caused some people's problem was the, uh, the uh, rockets or bombs um, that uh, I guess they were filled with concrete and had bins on them so you made it kind of hard to carry and you only could carry them you're supposed to carry them across your arms as your arms were out at 90 you're supposed to carry them like that and some people were carrying them on the shoulders, which they were down, get them off the shoulders. And then I'd heard, now this is rumor only, but, uh, that, um, I, I just, I won't mention name, but one of the main people, uh, did it. And it's, it's a short section, uh, but it's like, this is real awkward to carry it. But I heard one of the main guys carried it wrong and they told him once he got back, Hey, you did it wrong. You gotta do it again. Uh, that didn't sit too well with him, and he claims that that cost him being on the podium. Whether that's true or not, I don't
1: know. Uh, you
0: know what? If he so, didn't if he didn't do it right and he had to go back and redo it, it didn't cost him the podium. He cost himself the podium. Yeah, well,
2: I'd say. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, the heavy, the, there weren't any really heavy carries. Uh, there was bombs that were in the water, and you had to sit on your bum and uh, pull them up. And as you pulled them out of the water, the water drained out of the bombs. Hit it to
0: the bottom of your face if you did that you drop them in Yeah. Now I gotta admit, I saw I saw a video of that obstacle and I thought that was fantastic because if you think if you the more I thought about that, so if you're picking that that bomb that's full of water up right away, you're using a lot of strength and the faster you get it up, obviously the better. But if you wait longer, it gets lighter, so you get an easier lift, but it costs you time. I just thought what a well thought out interesting obstacle. I, I, I thought it was fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's you know bombs and all that so uh, yeah it's got me like I say, you learned that um, uh, flows let the water come out then you know, pull it all the way and let it cut your feet oh uh, they did have very large uh, uh, timbers that were sharpened like pencils and uh, they weren't four by four they were they were big big and, uh poles and had to go under do uh, lunges underneath uh, the storm and uh, go through that. Uh, so that, that was really the We had the had chain, drag, and chains, I guess, off the ship. So, <clears throat> if you've ever picked up about ten of those, but they were really heavy, and had a rope on them, and you had to drag them, drag them through, uh, through jets and, and through mud and, and back around but as far as the strength part uh i never felt i mean they kept hitting with that just to, you know drain you a little bit as you were getting ready to get the uh the rigs and stuff so they, they did a really good job on that It wasn't excessively uh uh heavy type chair or anything like that
0: so no uh no 400 pound tire flips
2: no well <clears throat> supposed to be tired uh, and i saw them uh, in a the field but uh, I, don't, I don't know why they uh, decided not to. Oh, I know. Uh, they said they didn't have enough tires. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So as you went uh, through this one now, and, and the one thing you haven't mentioned yet was how was the mud? Well, the mud,
2: like I say, it, it, it had been dry, and so they they just said, "Boy, y'all are y'all were in for a treat." And uh, but you know, you're lucky that. Um, it hadn't been raining like it all, but they had some mud cuts, and the thing I, I, I learned real quick is, I mean, you, you got in that thing and it was up to your waist, and you were doing everything you could to try to pull your foot, you know, straight up without, uh, you know, hoping your shoes were tied real good, you yeah. <laughs> know, and uh, I mean, basically, basically it's like quicksand. I've never been in quicksand, but watch movies, movies, you know, uh, similar quicksand. And uh, luckily, one of the—I uh, guess it got about halfway, and I'm really struggling. Of course, it's—you know—giving your quads the real workout. And, and uh, the girl said, "Hey, go heads up: if you lay down, kind of swim through it, then it goes much easier, and it doesn't, doesn't um, work on your quads." And she was right. So as soon as I did that, it
0: you know, oh, I couldn't. Yeah. That's so, good to know for next year.
2: I've got that. I've got that stored stored away. Um, <laughs> But uh, we had some, uh, you know, like I said, the mud, there, there was enough of it to, uh, we had a few more uh, trenches that had to go up, and, and it was, you know, by the time we started, we started at the end, so all these, you know, all the pros, everybody else had gone through, so we got the worst of the, uh, <laughs> uh, so it was, it was pretty ripped up, and it was, uh, it was challenging to get to, in and out of the uh, trenches with the mud.
0: Now, now, what kind of rig obstacles were you facing on that 15k? Because with a hundred obstacles, there must have been some nasty rigs in there.
2: Yeah, well, um, you know, basically just um, you had uh, a lot of rigs. Well, just every every rig that you had at the Noram, they they were all there. Uh, then they had um, I've never done the Savage, but hopefully next year. But they had the things called a Twirly Bird.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, they had it there overwater. water, a lot of the obstacles for over water. So if you, you failed, you're going to fall and get wet. And uh the birds, first time I ever done one, went right through it. Um, I Had some low low rigs. Uh, they weren't uh, very difficult low rigs. Basically a pipe, and uh, you had to uh, pull yourself uh, across the pipe and go to a ring and then back on the next pipe. And, um, but the rigs the rigs itself overhead type rigs. Uh, it was basically the, the rigs you had at Noram, uh, plus a, a few more um, monkey bar stuff. Uh, that did not have 329-foot world record monkey bar in it. I saw it <laughs> the picture me, during the last five seconds, the last five runs. It, but, uh, it's there, but they didn't even have to do that.
0: I'm surprised. I thought for sure they would have brought that out there. I would have loved to have tried that and seen. That would have been cool, yes. Like that, that's... Well, I'd
2: like to try Hey, how can I ever try it? Because I definitely don't want to try the forty races. Then after the three K and the fifteen K, when when you've done a hundred and twenty-five obstacles, uh, you're not going to have anything left. So I don't, I don't know. I may have to make a trip over there just to just to do that. You know.
0: Well, I wonder. Uh, I wonder why. Yeah, I'm. I wonder why they didn't include that. That's the that being such a centerpiece. I, I there had to be. A, but. Uh, I hope for for my sake that it comes into it next year because that I that's that's on the bucket list, man. That's that's an OCR bucket list item.
2: I want to see you do it, man. I'll be uh holding your hydration. One of the biggest things that got the band looking at my poll I, I posted. One of the biggest things that got the bands was the uh, Stairway to
1: Heaven.
2: Oh, interesting. It was, It was. Um, transition at the top was really wide hmm. excessive i mean excessively wide and uh they did have uh kind of hurt the tip of my fingers but i guess they were because of, uh, if they had mud or or, or wetness but uh, they did have uh, uh it was painted with the uh, textured paint yeah. so you know it did give you some grip not that we had any problems. Like they were dry. They did have it uh, taken back and kind of made at your, your, tip your fingers. But uh, just uh, making a transition was just, uh, everybody's having problems with it. I don't know too many people who got it on the first time. Um, actually, I, I, I say I got it the first time. But uh, when I was coming down the, the other side, of, uh, my foot uh, did not touch you know, top of the steps but the side of my foot brush, side of the step and I get finished with no, foot on the step. I said, no. But what? Yeah. The side of my foot touch. Okay. So I got back in line. I failed it the second time. I'm like, oh my God. So anyway, uh, the third time I just had, what you had to kind of do is you just had to uh, take, take a leap of faith and just jump to the other side with your other hand and let go. and. Uh, I actually uh, both hands did hit the top step. I, one hand hit and held me up, and then I was able to, to go down. It that was a, that was a big band uh, taker.
0: Yeah, you think that was probably the worst? Was that? You think that was probably the one that took the most?
2: Yeah, doubt. Al. Yeah, all right. the, uh, pole, I had the pole. up, put the preliminary results. And that, that was definitely it, and I saw they posted something saying that was a big band taker
1: yeah i guess because you know you're not really using momentum like if you do multi-rigs you can swing and keep going and that stairway to heaven you're just using you know a lot of strength that you don't really have to use in the when you go through the rigs
2: and like i say it was, it was a transition that was getting everybody you know, everybody mm-hmm. been able to climb it but they just they could not transition over and people you know i'm only five ten but people that were were my heights are shorter. Obviously, the shorter they came, the more difficult they had. And they did. Luckily, they had pads underneath. But people
1: were dropping like flies uh, off that thing. Mm-hmm. You got to do the the kip transition. He laches. Oh yeah. Does a one eighty in mid air. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. From the bottom so rung.
1: <laughs> most of yeah. the rigs
2: they did have uh, bags of sawdust. So every every uh, rig they had you. Use sawdust to dry your hands off.
0: Well, that's good. Uh, so that,
2: that was, everybody took advantage of that. Um, the, uh, but, like I say, I think somebody figured it was only about 4K of actually running. And the rest of <coughs> just you know, rig after rig, obstacle after obstacle, uh, just to, to beat down on. Um, a couple of ones that one of the ones I'd never done before was the dead slide. Uh, that's one you climb up, and I think they have some at maybe Tough, Tough Mudder or something where you, uh, you know, you get up there and you lay down and you cross your arms and you ramp off this slide 20 feet up in the air and you land and swim. And so uh, that one was uh, new to me, and uh, that's a permanent uh, obstacle there. Uh, actually, I got hurt. I got hurt or hurt myself with that obstacle. Uh, I think uh, uh, I was not proper. I didn't have proper nutrition. I got over there and just didn't eat like I normally eat, preparing for a race. And uh, I caught up with, work. So I really wasn't thinking clear. A couple times I got nauseated, which I've never had on the course. <clears throat> so uh, by the time I got up to the uh, ladder death slide, there was some muddy rungs of this, of this uh, ladder and I'm climbing up. I guess my focus was, okay, fixing the go off this slide hit this water that's you know, 39 degrees, hmm. and uh, I'll take my breath away. I guess I was focusing on that rather than paying attention going up the rungs, and it's a silly thing. I, one foot slipped off, and I hit my thigh on the uh, rung, and it really gave me a deep thigh bruise. So from after I hit the water, got my breath back, swam, got out, and I, I could not uh, run properly with my left leg, that same leg I have. the hmm. <laughs> on. So, uh, that was, uh, that was tough after that.
0: So and you're, as you went through the race, right? You're, you're winding down now. How did, how did this one finish for you? Cause we, we talked a little earlier, Tom, and, and I know this wasn't quite the happy ending.
2: Yeah. Well, um, once I, uh, once I hurt myself, I looked at my watch and I said, you know, okay, I've got I'm seven and a half miles into it. It's supposed to be a nine, mile race roughly 15k so even if a hobble at one point uh i know the pace we had going a bunch of a brave race run together you know we were we were on to uh, <laughs> hitting three hours which cut off four so you know we, we thought we were in pretty good shape and uh of course uh when i got hurt uh after that i said well you know i got, I got a mile and a half left surely i can jog, walk fast, whatever, and still make it, so I'm going through, and, yeah, you i know, I keep going through these obstacles, and I still got my band, and, uh, so I, I get to the Skull Valley, the last rig for, uh, just, all you have to do is go over the slip wall, wall, which is pretty slippery, but, so I, I get up there, and, of course, it's stacked up, everybody's everybody's so I get in the right side, which is the regular lanes. I go through it. I uh, can't make the transition from the monkey bar to that first skull. It went from a right hand, hand to left hand, right side to left side. Mm-hmm. I practiced that a thousand times, and uh, but for some reason, I got you know, 97 obstacles prior to it. Yeah, uh, you know, I just I just couldn't couldn't make that transition and a lot of people weren't even getting that far. So I said, okay, well, you know, I will the same time. Well, they had to go in retry lane. There's two of them and they were they were just backed up. And when I got to that, when I got to Skull, uh, one of my brave said, hey, we got 13 minutes before the cutoffs. was just cutting it really close. And yeah, you know, all we had the walls and the finish line, which is less quarter of a mile from so get back in, retry lane. Finally get it right again. Same result. At that point, I tried it um, four four times. Uh, always get to the same point. Uh, of course, you know, I've replayed it in my mind a thousand times. And y'all know what you do. Um, yeah, how <laughs> One of my guys. I did not run next to that on it, he got yeah. it. And he told me he's not doing anything right if you're not swinging your hips. So I, I'm getting I mean, I'm looking at the five, we're running out of time. I really want I wanna know what happens. Now time they say, okay, everybody stop, give it the band, run out of time. What? So I really didn't I did know that I wanted to finish or finish cut off time. That worked out. So, I a band. Well, you know, I've got a few minutes to make it cut off. Every band finished, cut off. I don't know. It uh, it didn't really bother me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I wanted those in our age group.
0: I'm Sorry, Tom. I'm getting a lot of breakup there. I,
2: I, yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, that's better now. Try, try again. So we got you, you. You, had to give up your band.
2: Yeah, I had had to give up the band and uh, went to the fish line. Made the cutoff time. Uh, like I say, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, it wasn't as devastating as it would have been at North. I was struggling when Rico saw me, but uh, I don't know. It just uh, only twenty percent of our, my age group, and we really got some. You know, badass guys in our age group. Only 27% of us was able to have 100% completion, and many of them lost them way earlier at uh, you know, stairway. So I felt really good about uh, what I did, other than the fact that the band was not on my hand anymore. But uh, <laughs> since then, uh, it was it was pointed out when they had the results come out. Of course, they have the complete and non-complete, and the uh, uh, and they also people were posting, Yeah, it took, it took me uh, four hours, but I got through the uh, Skull Valley and whatever. And we're like, wait a minute. So a lot of people were listed on the uh, uh, non-complete side, but they didn't fall within the uh, the cutoff time. Of course, you know everybody's got the same cutoff, even as, you know old guys. So I think I think that was kind of brought up. An issue was started about that, so I know they took the results down. I don't know if they're back up tonight, but basically, what I saw was they were going to basically DNF anybody that uh, did not uh, whether you kept your band or not. Uh,
0: well, yeah, if that if that's the rule they had laid out, that's what they really should stick by because people like yourself had to had to make that choice. You know, do I want to DNF or or, or do I give up my band and cross the line and, and finish the race?
2: Like I said, it was, was kind of confusing, uh, or I guess other people were confused too. I just knew that, you know, I, I wanted to finish that race, and uh, within the within time, whether I had my band or not, knowing I had done, you know, ninety-seven of the obstacles, I just you know didn't get that past that one there. Uh, so there was kind of a little controversy on that. Um, and, um, so we'll we'll see how it all shakes out when they do the. Uh, finals on it but uh, i don't know what what's your what uh, you guys thoughts on on uh, what would you think you're in that situation you got 13 minutes uh the lanes are backed up do you stay there for a couple hours uh, to get it done or do you do what i do
0: well rico you weigh in on this first because I, I got a little story to tell after
1: okay yeah you know and dave and i i'm not dave i'm sorry uh tom and i talked about this early this morning and uh that's a you know i told him that I had to give him the longer uh, loop um, response because I would have to put myself in that situation and to think of my mindset. You know, because I asked him a couple of questions. You know, or you're were you injured, or uh, is this for fun, or is this you know pro wave and all that kind of stuff? But um, if I'm at the cutoff when I know I have like maybe seven minutes left or thirteen minutes left, and this obstacle has been giving me um, trouble. You know, I've, I've on down one or two times, uh, I just got to be. I think first and foremost, you know, comfortable in whatever decision I make. Whatever it is, it has to be. I have to justify and make it right. You know that. um, You know, am I going to walk away knowing I did my best? And if this officer got me, so be it. I'll go home, train for it, and you know, and cross that line. You know, as two posts, because I think with anything, you know, uh, the great. And weird thing, it's great for us, but what's weird for people on the outside of OCR is, you know, like man, you pay for this, and we do, you know. And Tom, he went across the pond to, you know, to compete in a race, and not only just race against himself or obstacles, but it's a race, and he wants to finish. So I I would do the same exact thing as you know, I'd cross that line. You know, Um, it's obstacle race, and some things will. You know, some things would be the physical obstacle with which were the man made, you know, in Vermont. It was definitely, you know, God's nature of those hills that really got me. And but through it all, you know, you you cross that line and you reevaluate, you know, if I stay there and just I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get this because I'm Rico Moore and I'm, you know, you know, chief of the tribe and you know, I'm always keeping my bands and then it, it it no longer became a race, it became a you know, a matter of of, um, not self pride, but more of like vanity. And so, um, you know, I had to face that, mm, a King Cody combat, uh, compound, you know, there was a, as half mile, I think half mile loop, I thought, oh, man, I got this, but the obstacle that I was not prepared for was a gauntlet of it. And it was in December. So I had struggled at this one Z wall, which I kind of hard to explain, but the, the way they had the pegs was so different than I ever had before. I guess, you know, at Spartan, the Z-Wall, you can put your fingertips on top. And the way Cody had it, you had to uh, have a pinch grip that's going, um, horizontal. And that might be kind of hard there. So my four fingers are either on the right or left side of it. And I was never used to that. And, and uh, I fell two or three times and Cody said, no, you got to pull and push. It was an awesome technique. But by then my grip was gone. Like I said, it was like thirty degrees, and you know you you only could go one at a time, and so you go then like a maybe forty-five seconds or a minute later, the next guy goes, and so I was the last um, gauntlet, which I just kept on falling, 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 and people were catching up to me and passing me, and you know it was one of those things where at that time there's no cutoff, so I was determined to do it. And I had to swallow my pride. And say, you know what? You're just gonna you got your butt kicked today. Sit there till you're ready to go and go through it. And drove home dejected. But you know, I said, this is my this is what I have to work on. And I went back to King Cody's. Uh, I don't know four or five months later, and I was able to clean it. So um, yeah, with the time cut off, I would do the same thing. I would have just said, you know what? Gotta lick my wounds and and just finish this race.
0: Well. Tom, I'm, I'm going to make you feel a little better. At least, I don't know if you're going to feel better, but you're not going to feel alone. So in the 15K and ODR, O-W, <laughs> OCRWC in Blue Mountain, so in my backyard, I ended up running the 15K and I cramped up through that race. I was going through absolute hell. And I mean, the obstacles were difficult on there too. And I came down to Skull Valley right near the end. And I tried about three times and I got to the exact same spot you did and kept slipping off just because I was so done. I was dehydrated. I was exhausted. Everything was wrong. And I came down to 10 minutes left. And not only did I have the slip wall, but I also had uh, that little sky, skyline slide ride and um, Indian Hills floating walls to, to conquer before I got to the finish line. I had 10 minutes left and I had to make the exact same decision and I gave up my band in the exact same spot you did for the exact same, exact same reason, man. So I can honestly say I feel your pain and I definitely know that I would have made the same decision because to me, finishing the race was, was more important than keeping the band. Cause I was almost out of time on that one. So yes, exact yeah. same situation. Yeah.
2: I guess I really, uh, I really never thought to myself, you know, know, thinking, okay, what happens if you get there and you're in that, what do you do? It's better to know in advance what you're going to do versus getting there and suddenly, you know, start panicking. Okay. What what is everybody doing? What am I going to do? How's it work? Do you DNF or what? So, so, uh, I know now uh, (laughs) uh, what's, uh, going on. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think a lot of the people that uh, are kind of disappointed now that they kept it so when not doing it, they do not meet cutoff now or, or officially DNS, uh, So, uh, that, that, that didn't play well, but that's just, that's how it is.
0: Well, obviously, obviously, like I said, Tom Rico and I have made the same decision before, so you're. I'm actually being told to express that my son Jeffrey made the same decision at Noram as well. He had to do that, so you're not alone. We all go through it, man, and uh, it is what it well,
2: is. I was going to ask maybe if y'all remember. Do you do you remember what the cutoff was in Canada?
0: I don't, to be honest. <clears throat> I th- that it was either I think it was four. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I guess the question arises to a lot of people is okay if you had a 15k the mountain as a major obstacle, but you didn't have hundred obstacles No, is for adequate time. And, and most people, the pros and everything, I mean, I think, uh, they ran it, you know, 140 or 135 or something like that. But, you know, the multitude of people is four hours, hundred obstacle, 15 K race there is, is a reason.
0: And I think that's a tough uh, one. To, tough one to decide as a race director going into it. I mean, you know, you, unless you have someone actually run the course, it's that's a tough one to see. Yeah.
2: Well, obviously they they had to have somebody run run the course and, and come up with that, or they you know, use well we we'll used it last year, we'll use it again this year. Um, you know, personally, uh, and I don't I don't want anybody making any uh, uh, thing extra or giving us any you know, advantage. But I mean, you know, does a 20-year-old, and a 50-year-old, have certain cutoff time that should be given? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting uh, point. That,
2: that, that was that brought up uh, within our circle that, uh, you know, um, is it, is it uh, reasonable to expect a 50-year-old to be able to do the same cutoff as a uh, 20 to 40? I don't know. Uh, only, 20, only 27% of did it in the females. Zero. Wow, nope, nobody, not one. There was thir- only thirty females in the uh, in the bus, and nobody kept their band, so they, they were able to keep keep that money. They didn't have, have to give those checks away. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, everything was pretty positive. Uh, a couple things that uh, I'll mention is uh, first day three K. Uh, there's no water. I think really you know, have time for it on the three K race. But at the end of the race, no water, no fruit, nothing.
0: And that yeah, really—that's an oversight.
2: Ups, a lot of, yeah, it was an oversight, and of course they rectified it the next day. At the course there, there is water, uh, but they're in spigots. They have a spigot type thing where you know, it's just like water fountain at school. Oh, okay. So about five, six, maybe about three of them work. <laughs> uh, cunning but you will not get you will not drink the same amount of, mo- of water drink from that type of uh, setup that you would if you had cups and I think a lot of people you know, I, I know I wouldn't I didn't have proper nutrition I didn't have proper uh, hydration and that's that's my, that's that's my fault it's on me but I would like to see that they uh, went to you know traditional water cup because uh, you just don't drink enough Trying to shift from this uh, faucet. You know, just running.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, man. And that's definitely something they should not have overlooked and hopefully will rectify for next year.
2: And the other thing that uh, really kind of was uh, a little discerning was uh, uh, they put the 50 plus, there were 78 of us, uh, with the 45 to the 49s, so there's a good big, big group of them, and the 13 to 17 year olds all together. Wow. So, we Warmed up for an hour. We're standing in the corral, they're only letting 10 at a time go. So, when you got that many people, like I say, there were 78 just of us. So, if you can imagine how long that I, I'm not a frontline guy, I, I get I got to <laughs> work back with uh, uh gray braids. So, by the time we went, you know, we were we were the wind was blowing, it was a little cool, and I mean, basically, all our warm up was not, uh, I don't think have 78 in a group, why you need to put them with other people. Uh, if we had 20, I can understand that. So i they hoping they'll, uh, they'll fix that. Another thing was, uh, kind of messed up my strategy. The strategy was kind of cruise on the first day, go hard on the second race. I found that that morning they get away only with the 50-year-olds with the uh, five-year age groups. Hmm. I was hoping to compete against... 56, the 55, the 59s, when that didn't happen, everybody 50 up was beating against each other. And, and uh, so we're, we're kind of going to uh, fill out the surface today. You was know, one of the things that uh, we all indicated that uh, needed to uh, look at. And, of course, you know, we had not even talked about the cheating. I don't know if we got time to we'll <laughs> talk about that or not.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? That, I think that the... <clears throat> The, the, the cheating is something that definitely needs to be addressed. Um, yeah, let us, yeah, yeah, tune us into exactly what you're talking about, Tom. Just try to quickly get well, to
2: Well, now, personally, I didn't see uh, any cheating going on. I mean, I saw a couple guys, you know, on that three-section rigs, you know, starting back on the section, but it was really not clear. And did they understand the use and the guy was I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that definitely been a problem. I did see one guy coming out the woods one time. I said, "Hey, uh, what are you doing?" Of course, she told me he had to use the restroom. So. And I basically uh, where he was at, it, it really made sense. So I don't think she. But there, there's some cheating going on. Uh, people were taking their bands off and shoving them in their. their oh gosh! And then you know, going past the obstacle, then you know pulling back out. Hey, you know, finished up a band. Uh, I didn't say that. I mean, as I told somebody else, you're going to have that no matter what race, what brand it is. Uh, it's unfortunate, you know. You definitely want not play golf with these guys. But
1: uh,
2: <laughs> uh, they said, it, they said it at the very beginning, uh, your ban must be clearly. You cannot have anything by it and over it. Uh, you know, uh, if somebody asks you any time during the course, you better be able to show it to them. So there was some of that going on. Now they did not. I don't think they did at Noram this year. It did not record. Uh, you know, if you already you lost your band, no, they they, in, they didn't keep up penalty time. I can I can
0: they tell they you that right team. now that they did not because I volunteered and they we were told that you didn't need to right. keep track of of any of that. Just yeah. try to jot down how many people failed the obstacle.
2: Yeah, they, they did the previous years. They did do that. They were <clears just> Assigned <throat> penalty. We were in Texas at Noram. I remember that Rico too. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I say, uh, I don't think people were cutting the course. I think there's more of people, uh, doing the, the band thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of been brought up about, it, it needs to be a permanent band, uh, band on the arm it cannot be removed. And, um, uh, you know, at the end, they finish with it, then hand them the rubber band, you know, as a souvenir.
0: Yeah, but, I think that's a good idea. Somebody else I had heard, and I, I would like to take credit for this, but it was not my suggestion. and I know the reason they don't do it is it's cost prohibitive, but suggested that you go out with two timing chips and that as soon as you lose or fail an obstacle, right. You have one timing chip removed, which would mean if if, they
1: do a savage. Yeah.
0: So if you were to go up and there'd be a volunteer there and you say, Oh, I've already lost my band. They'd be like, well, you know, show me your timing chip. And then I can see that you only have one. Right. You know, so yeah. I,
2: I think that, you know, something needs to be done, um, you know, because no matter where you're at, people are always going to try to, you know, get something for nothing. And they're, they're really cheating yourself, but they're cheating the other guy that uh, didn't make the podium because of their uh, dishonesty. But, uh, you know, that's, that's really the main issue, was which has always been the ban. Now, they did, I'll tell you, they did, uh, before the race started, they told everybody, Walk around, but do not get on the obstacles, not touch the obstacles. If we do, we're going to disqualify you. And rumor has it, uh, saying this or it's true or not, I think it's probably true, that Adrian DQ'd uh, eight people before the race even started.
0: You know what? And if that was the rule, that's good. That's the right thing to do.
2: Yeah. Well, when I when I walked around, of course, I made sure I didn't, you know, I walked around and looked at everything, but, uh, and I saw some guys. I don't know what country they were they were maybe russian or whatever they weren't they weren't in the uk i saw them going over and putting their hands on the rig and picking up the uh, caterpillar bars and uh of course i would to say you know guys you know but I, yeah, I finally said you know it's not my job i'm not the obstacle police here you know they get de would and it's their own fault yeah so, uh speaking of that the Caterpillar. They did not use that. They they started with it. Some people had to do it, but then it got to be such that uh, there wasn't enough lanes. It was taking too long and people, it was backing up. So they finally, uh, one guy told me, he said, yeah, I had to do it. So my competitors stopped it after me and my competitors didn't have to do it. He said, yeah, it wasn't that difficult, but it did did eat at your core. Mm -hmm. So they did take the caterpillar out. been I mean, something else they took out but
0: um they're never a fan overall, of when they do that
2: uh, yeah. overall uh you know grading it i would say it was uh you know b plus uh, maybe an a minus uh for you know some of the reasons i gave you yeah um but uh great great people uh majority of people were just as friendly as they could be very helpful the uh the, the thing that sticks in the back of my head every volunteer that nuclear volunteer anytime you, you completed or not well done mate well done nice that, that's you know not a good job that's that's their good job it's well done of course i have to take my hat and say well done to them because they really put on a, a hell of a race and uh i'm, I'm, I'm down now a days to go back
0: well i guess that was going to answer my last question was are you back next year
2: when I, uh, when I finished, I said, I'm not coming so I am to come back. A couple hours later, you know, when I'm showered, oh, the other thing I'll mention, they have, uh, I'll, I'll mention part of it anyway, y'all know the other part, but uh, they do have hot showers. That. Open shower head, hot shower. And after a race, it's unbelievable. I mean, just something like that, how. It just makes you feel so uh i don't know how you can do that on on permanent site but anybody's brand out there guys if you can do that you'll have a hundred percent more hundred thousand more people show up to show
0: <laughs> that's awesome well uh rico you got anything else for Tom?
1: uh well how much time do we have because i know we usually go for an hour i think you that's know wanna, um...
0: we're on a bit of a different system i think we're okay
1: all right well, Tom, you know, we, you gave us great insight about the race over, overseas and uh, what to prepare for or what, you know, how vastly different it is for American OCR athletes and Europeans. Um, but, you know, and Dave will agree, you know, we really appreciate how much love and passion you have for this sport. Um, just from, you know, posting your videos of you working on grips on the football field, your uh Words of wisdom and inspiration, you know, based on your faith and uh, what you've gone through, and that's one thing, you know, that I met you for the first time face to face last year in Texas. Uh, but I just want to know more of, you know, because I can't think of anyone who's never walked away from you saying that's a stand-up guy, you know. And so I know you were, you know, I can't say too much about your occupation, like you're a private investigator. But how do you go from private investigator to OCR, you right. know, explain that.
2: Yeah, of course, I'm still, you know, technically a private investigator, semi-retired, maybe not by choice, but that's is how it is, but uh, uh, actually, it was, ironically, when I was uh, uh, there in UK, I'm thinking, you know, it was two years ago that this whole crazy OCR thing started, I mean, almost to the day, and hmm. so, you know, I, I know you know the story, I think they made a story. I, Started uh, running and to support my uncle who was battling by tooth and nail to uh, overcome leukemia. And uh, unfortunately, we lost him last March. So I continued racing uh, to honor him and uh, Team Larry. And, uh, but uh, so that, that's the only reason I got into OCR was I got tired of running the roads. Uh, it was too boring for me. And, and uh, Darlene, you know her, a friend of mine, said, Hey, you know, there's one in Alabama. And once you go do it with me, and I ran open with a bunch of girls. It took me five hours to, to walk in two days. And, <laughs> uh, and then, of course, I continued racing uh, throughout his uh, battle. Uh, and then, of course, as I said, I continued during the day one because it's something I love. I love the people. And um, it just uh, anytime I start, uh, I'm out there running in the middle of the woods by myself. Uh, I was, at one point, I was running. In the woods by myself, I'm thinking, Tom, you're 56 years old, you're 4,000 miles from your house. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> and then my dog tags that I wear, his dog tags, are claiming. And of course, that was the answer I needed. Hey, he fought it. You're going to fight it and get this done. So.
0: That's awesome, Tom. Man, that's fantastic, and that is a great reason to be out there. And what an awesome reminder. You, you know, you couldn't ask for a better little a little jingle just to keep you going and let you know this is why I'm here. That's awesome, man.
2: Of course, in, in the back of my mind, I'm hearing him too say, "What in the hell are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're you're and this is what you're doing. But of course, he's laughing and, and the whole time. But uh, and his voice, uh, but, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of a story. And of course, now just uh, you know, between. Meeting people like you and Rico, a lot of the tribe, and, and new people that I've met, different countries, and just—I uh, say something that, you know, as you know, just sticks with you. And, and I don't know. I, somebody asked me, "Well, when are you going to retire?" And I'm like, "Well, if I ever hit a podium, a big podium, or world, I'm gone." So, uh, now I start thinking, "What I really be?" You know? So, who knows?
0: Well, that's awesome, Tom. Well. You know, I think that's a great way to wrap it up, guys. And uh, on behalf of Rico and myself, I just want to say, Tom, you're a credit to uh, to our group, the tribe, and uh, just another example of the incredible, classy people in OCR. And uh, thank you for for racing with us, and you know, thank you for being part of the show. I really appreciate it. Well,
2: I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on tonight, and uh, hopefully, we'll be running side by side. Today.
1: Yeah, it's most definitely love, cowboy. All right, buddy. I'll take it easy.
0: All right. To all you out there, take care and have a great night.